0: Hello there, and welcome back to The World According to Aiden. We're finally back. I cannot believe it. It's been such a long time since... Yeah, I know, right? Feeling the same way. Uh, Anyway, it's been such a long time since Philip and I were here talking. And precisely 48 days ago, it was March 19th. Um, Since then, we've moved to New Hampshire, or I've moved to New Hampshire, I should say. And now we're finally ready to catch up on stars. Over the next few weeks, we'll take an episode to recap each Star Wars thing we missed. Uh, Today's will be The Mandalorian. Then probably next week, we'll do The Bad Batch. We'll also do an episode for all the crazy latest Star Wars news on all the new movies coming out, the trailers for Ahsoka, and we'll even do an episode on Star Wars Visions, which I have seen part of, and I am... Very interested in what's going on. It's very interesting animation. I love it so much as compared to the last season. I think that this is going to be... This is amazing. I've seen the first five episodes, and I'm really excited about it. So that will be an interesting uh, episode to cover all those. I think there's, there's what, nine episodes of Visions and all? They all came out at once. Yeah. So anyway, we'll go over those, and uh, yeah, we'll cover The Mandalorian first today. Uh, Also, my little brother Judah if anybody remembers him from being on the pod in our third episode um so that was like last summer i think he was on for a little bit at the end he might be on today he might just pop in i'm not exactly sure where he is right now so he might come in and fill us in on his opinion and uh, we'll just see how that goes so yeah philip would you like to kick us off with your synopsis of what is it the latest 5 episodes of the mandalorian 5 6
1: or is it 4 I think it's about- I'm not exactly sure. Anyway,
0: <clears throat> yeah,
1: it'd be four. Okay. Ch- all right. Chapter 20, The Foundling. Din Djarin introduces Grogu to the Mandalorian combat training. Grogu wins a training match, but his opponent, Ragnar Vizla, is captured by a large raptor. Bo-Katan gathers a hunting party, which includes Djarin and Ragnar's father past Vizla, and leads them to the raptor's nest on foot. The armorer forges a new piece of Mandalorian armor for Grogu, a rondel, bearing Din mudhorn sickle. As she works, Grogu has visions of his rescue from a burning Jedi temple by Jedi Master Kelleran Beck and a sympathetic member of the Naboo armed forces. Vizla's over eagerness to save Radnar disrupts Bo Katan's plan and leads to a difficult aerial confrontation, in which Bo Katan and Jinjuran rescue the boy unharmed, kill the Raptor, collect its chicks, and earn the clan's respect. As the armorer replaces Bo-Katan's pauldron lost in the scuffle with the rapture, Bo-Katan reveals her encounter with the Mythosaur. The armorer meets her account with indifferent uh, disbelief. Chapter 21, The Pirate. In retaliation for Vane's expulsion, Gregorian Shard invades Navarro. Seeking help from the New Republic, Kreef Karga contacts Carson Teva, suspecting that the attack is a prelude to the new rise of the Empire, teeth uh informs colonel tuttle but when tuttle shows indifference he tracks down the mandalorian covert and asks in for help jinjaran convinces the covert to come to karga's aid despite their prior confrontations with him and bo-katan assumes command of the attack force as the mandalorians overcome the invasion vain flees shard is killed and the remaining pirates are detained the mandalorians are welcomed back by karga and the people and move back into their old enclave the armorer meets with bo acknowledges the mythoth- mythosaur's reappearance as an omen, that bo is the one who can unite all Mandalorians, and bids her to remove her helmet to symbolize th- this new position. On the way back to Al-Dalfi, Teva encounters the wreckage of Muff Gideon's prison transport, which has had gone missing during the transit. He also finds a fragment of Beskar alloy, implying that Mandalorians have broken Gideon out. Chapter twenty-two. Excuse me. Okay, there we go. Chapter twenty-two. Guns for hire. Bokaton, Dindanjar, and Grogu set out for the idyllic planet Plazir Fifteen, where Bokaton's former army, now led by Axe Wolves, have set themselves up as mercenaries. Before they can meet them, they are involuntarily. Diverted by the planet's rulers, Captain Bombardier and the Duchess, who ask for help in neutralizing several repurposed, but malfunctioning Imperial and Separatist droids. After stopping a rogue droid, bo and Dinjaran follow its trail to the Resistor, a droid bar, and convince its bartender and clientele to help them. They find out that the droids were sabotaged through nano droids in the bar's maintenance fluid, which were covertly imported by Commissioner Helgett, head of the Planetary Security Office. Confronted, Helgate reveals himself as a separatist before Bokatan knocks him out. The Duchess sentenced a remorseful Helgate to live in exile on the moon of Parquat. Granted an audience with the Mandalorian privateers, Bokatan challenges Wolves for leadership and defeats him. To help her ascendants, Yinjarn admits his capture by a Cyborg in the mines of Mandalore, and is rescued by Bokatan, which rightfully bestows the Darksaber back to her. Chapter twenty three The Spies Moff Gideon is informed by Elia Kane of the Mandalorians' intent to retake their planet. Gideon relays this information to the Shadow Council, a group of Imperial remnant warlords. He requests reinforcements from Commander Brendel Hux and questions Captain Pelion on the absence of Grand Admiral Thrawn. Reassembling on Navarro, Bocatan unites the Mandalorian clans and prepares a recon party to explore the surface of Mandalore and locates the Great Forge. Before leaving, Kreef Karga presents Din with IG-12, a rebuilt version of IG-11, which is able to be controlled by Grogrup. On Mandalore, the group meets another surviving clan, who is loyal to Bo-Katan. Bo-Katan admits that she surrendered to Gideon shortly after the Night of a Thousand Tears, hoping that her people would be spared from farther harm. The party finds the Great Forge, but is ambushed by Beskar-enhanced stormtroopers. Din Djarin is captured by Gideon, who reveals his intent to complete the Great Purge of Mandalore. He attempts to kill the search party. bo uses the Darksaber to make an escape for the group. With Paz, Vizsla staying behind to buy time. Vizsla fights off stormtroopers, but is killed by Gideon's Praetorian guards. Chapter 24 The Return. bo cries, and her re- Renaissance squad retreat to Muff Gideon's... Oh, wait, sorry. Reconnaissance. Not Renaissance. <clears throat> squad retreat from Muff Gideon's base. Upon returning to the Mandalorian flagship, Axe-Wove sends the remaining Mandalorian fleet, to reinforce the planetary troops while he uses the ship as a decoy for attacking Imperial TIE squadrons. With the assistance from Grogu, the, Mandalorian's escape, the Mandalorian escapes from captivity and seeks out Gideon, fighting off numerous Beskar-enhanced stormtroopers along the way. The Mandalorian and Grogu discover cloning tanks, which are filled with clones of Gideon, and subsequently destroy them. Bokatan and the armorer lead the Mandalorian reinforcements into the Imperial base and engage in a lengthy skirmish with Gideon's t- stormtroopers. The Mandalorian confronts Gideon, who reveals that the clones would have been able to use the force, but is unable to match Gideon's own suit of Beskar armor. Bokatan arrives and duels Gideon with a Darksaber, allowing the Mandalorian to leave and fight and defeat Gideon's Praetorian guards with Grogu. Gideon destroys the dark sea, but is overpowered by the combined efforts of the Mandalorian, Bo-Katan and Grogu. Wolves rams the Mandalorian capital ship into the imperial base and Gideon is consumed by the resulting blast. Gideon protects Bo-Katan and the Mandalorian's the blast with a force bubble. After the battle of the Great Forge at the Heart of Mandalore is restarted and the Mandalorians finally adopt Grogu as Din Grogu after the Mandalorian's birth name Din, Din Djarin allowing him to become his apprentice. Afterwards, the Mandalorian takes up honest contract work with Carson Teva and moves into the cabin on the outskirts of Navarro's capital, as previously offered to him by Grief Carga, while IG 11 is rebuilt by the Enzel and mechanics to serve as Navarro's new marshal. Whew. Okay. Good
0: job. Good job. Okay. Um, Where should we start on this? We have a lot to cover. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> so, okay. I'll just ask you, I guess, first of all, um hmm what did you like
1: <laughs> oh well there was a lot i liked i uh as far as that uh first one the foundling i mean that whole chasing was pretty good the birds were pretty good i've seen some things that uh maybe they like <clears throat> ate the baby birds after uh words yeah They ate them when they have the whole feast later on uh, Navarro.
0: (laughs) Oh, they do? They eat them?
1: I've heard some people hypothesize that. Okay,
0: because I did have something up here in my notes, um, and I'm just, I was really confused about how they, those birds could technically become foundlings in their eyes. Because, I mean, I can sort of get Grogu and the fact that they're branching out into different species and types, but seriously they're raptor chicks what are you thinking they're not gonna you they're not write. sentient they're not i don't know <laughs> yeah like it's like a beast you can control but it's not like a yeah mandalorian i don't know it, yeah, it's confusing it and weird but whatever the creed it was interesting but, uh, yeah they can't recite the creed you're right <laughs> it cannot speak therefore it cannot yeah i know um very interesting but okay another thing a little Little thing I noticed in the meeting Moff Gideon had. Was it in the seventh episode or the eighth one? I can't remember where he's talking with everybody. The seventh. Okay, the seventh. You'll find that Um, a I can't remember a lot of the things. I watched these episodes a couple of weeks ago after I caught up on the series, and pretty much all the names or a lot of the names have just completely floated out of my mind, and I haven't been able to find a lot of them. So, Philip, if you can just guide me along this episode as okay. I catch up. Um, but uh, yeah, so anyway, as I was saying, when they're meeting up, you see uh, General Hux's dad, isn't mm-hmm. that so cool? I yeah. again can't remember it, his name, but
1: is that the guy who played him was the guy who played um, General Hux's the actor's brother? played Oh, his
0: dad. that's actually very interesting, okay. yeah. I didn't know that, okay, that's cool, but
1: yeah. But yes, that was him and then the other guy who um uh like Lieutenant Pallion. Yep. Uh, uh he is Captain Pallion in Rebels and he's the guy who's always like on Thrawn's ship.
0: Oh, okay, that's very interesting. So the yet voice. another link to Thrawn. Um mm-hmm. cuz that's another thing that I wanted to talk about is how they're talking about Thrawn now and how he will be coming in. Because we we heard about him in the second season. But now hmm. we're getting more hints at the fact that he's going to show up in Ahsoka. <laughs> I was so disappointed that he didn't show up in The Mandalorian, though. Because I was waiting for that final scene.
1: Yeah.
0: I mean, it made sense.
1: It was it the end, end of the end, show. But yeah, I was hoping for like a final scene where he's like, I'm coming back.
0: But yeah. yeah, like you see him on a hologram or something. I don't know. But yeah, just the fact that they're talking about him more and that they have now shown him in The Ahsoka trailer is uh, a bit more reassuring. We'll see him this, uh, this we'll fall. see him, yeah. And also, along those lines, we figured out that he'll be played by Mars Mickelson. Not sure if I'm <laughs> pronouncing that right. Same guy who
1: played him, who voice acted him,
0: okay. Yep, the same guy, yeah. That would that's what I knew. Uh, I do not know anything else about him, like what he looks like. Do you, Philip? Does he have okay. like does he have somewhat of a likeness to what Admiral Thrawn appears as?
1: Yeah, and I'm sure they'll enhance like the side of his face profile with like makeup. But uh, yeah, he doesn't have his quite sharp features. Okay, he doesn't. He's just he doesn't have as narrow of a
0: head. Okay, okay, interesting.
1: But then again, I don't know if you can really actually do that in Rebels. I mean, yeah. from like Rebels, you know. But yeah. anyway. I- also, so it,
0: with rebels though, I wanted to say we saw Zeb. Oh my oh, goodness, yeah. that and, was uh, so
1: awesome! Yeah, and yeah, we saw Zeb in the pirate.
0: Yeah, Zeb in the pirate. Yep, and that was the sixth episode, I think, or is it the fifth? Mm-hmm. Oh, uh,
1: like yes, I think so. Anyway, but yeah, because it, it was episode uh, twenty-one. But yeah, okay. but episode. yeah. Also,
0: they got the same voice actor to play him there so i thought that yeah. was also cool
1: yes 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 for Not a sec violet.
0: i was like was he just another one of the species or is that actually him and i was like no it is him it's totally yeah. his voice so um. violet was like
1: "Woohoo! Yay, woo!
0: <laughs>
1: yeah nobody but, uh, else
0: in my family got it except for my sister and me well my dad got it too a little bit he'd seen rebels before so yeah
1: but um yeah my dad got
0: it after i explained it to him yeah that's but, kind uh, of what happened with me too. He he understood it after I explained it.
1: But yeah, it was very interesting how they had the whole like detectives how scene with like Teva having to go get help. and mm, yeah, Yes. All that, and how the Mandalorians went and helped them, and then now they would lived on Navarro for a little bit. That was kind yeah. of cool.
0: I love his house on Navarro. It's so nice. Like yes. just that last scene, and I thought it was so comical to include that scene of Grogu with the frog at the end. The <laughs> camera narrowing down to that little circle it felt like something from looney tunes or something you know mm-hmm. um it had that, i had that
1: uh, ending i can't remember what the i've heard what it was called since then but it's yeah. very different from most star wars endings it's it like really is kind
0: yeah kind of vibe, but it was very very contenting just seeing him sitting there in his house uh on his doorstep i guess um watching Grogu playing with the frogs that was very very heartwarming <laughs> Um, and then, of course, yes. there, um,
1: the guns for hire, which that was almost like a detective episode with like Bo Katan and Mandalorian, yes. trying to discover who, uh, who who, who is responsible
0: it? for the droids rebelling? Well, droids or rebelling. going crazy? The their malfunction.
1: distracting cameos because it had uh, oh, what was that singer's name? It had two famous singers in it: Chuck Black, I yeah, Jack Black. I, yep. Black and then the Lizzo, Lizzo lady that he was married to is Lizzo.
0: Yep. Yeah.
1: And then, I thought that
0: was very okay. weird. Uh, just that that whole episode, uh, but it was it was good. I liked
1: it, I liked it but it was kind of weird. And then uh, that other guy, what was his name? Uh, he's from like Back to the Future. Back to the Future.
0: Oh, the old guy who oh. was responsible in the end
1: played in like Back to the Future.
0: Okay, interesting. So, What was his name? You read him in your notes. Um, Uh, uh,
1: His name was uh, Hellgate.
0: Hellgate, yes. Okay, I thought it was interesting how before they took out Hellgate when they found out he was the one responsible, how when he was talking, he was drawing lines back to the Clone Wars with Dooku. I was like, oh, that's interesting that he's referencing him. Um, But yeah, that was cool. Okay, something I would like to uh, not attack... Um, that episode about, but um, something that I didn't like was I, I, okay, I can definitely see you disagreeing with me on this one, but I felt like the battle droid that, um, that the Mandalorian attacked was very agile, like more than we've seen in the other, mo- in the prequel trilogy and in animated shows. He seemed very agile, you know I mean? yeah. The battle droid, super battle droid. Sorry. And-
1: We've never seen that they weren't agile, but we never saw them like, we never They're, saw them because they were always just marching in battle. They never like, did, they were we never,
0: never by them. themselves. Yeah. yeah. We
1: never saw them in like a chase scene.
0: Yeah. I just, I don't know. It was very, I'll say it was very different from what we've seen before. Just the fact that he was, one was able to hold off two Mandalorians attacking him for that long. Uh, well, it makes sense that
1: he's strong.
0: Yeah. It's of he's strong. He's, he's a super strong. battle droid, but I don't know. It just seemed like his jumping abilities and uh I don't know. It just seemed like he was very powerful, which which was entertaining, honestly. If all yeah. battle droid super battle droids were that way, um it would be awesome.
1: But yeah. We knew from the show from the Clone Wars that they were strong. So I'm not, you know, against Okay, that. yeah.
0: I won't attack the fact that they were strong, but I don't know.
1: Jumping part is I don't know if they all could jump like that just simply because you know they never yeah. jump.
0: They never jump. Yeah, that is a thing. I it, I'm attacking this probably because um we we just haven't seen this before. That could be uh, something. But yeah, very yeah. interesting though. The um, um, yeah,
1: all the different droids they had there, like how they had the imperial droids, and then they had like the pilot droids from rebels, and then they had the uh, chef droid, and they had like. Uh, sec- police security droids and then like protocol droids and battle droids and
0: all yeah. different droids. But then the situation that people on that planet were in was very interesting and reminiscent of what it might be <laughs> like in our future, you know? When they're talking like, about it, they're like, we can't get rid of these droids even though they're having these malfunctionings and problems that are hurting our people because if we get rid of these droids, our people, our people aren't equipped to <laughs> help to basically protect themselves and uh, help themselves and live without droids. I mean, it's what could happen to us if we get too dependent on um, technology in the future. Probably and hopefully not anytime soon, but it was very interesting.
1: Yes, I definitely agree about that. I definitely liked um, seeing a battle droids again. It was funny to see a B1 again.
0: Yes, a B1. Uh, Which episode was that in? Sorry.
1: uh, That was the same one.
0: Oh, okay. Battle yes, tournament. yes. I, I remember that now. Yeah. <laughs> I remember that. And then okay, the the scene at the end of that episode with Axe Wolves, that was very entertaining watching um him was, and his um, fighting.
1: It was very interesting. It showed you why Axe Wolves and those Mandalorians dislike the Mandalorian. Yeah. Because they considered him not a Mandalorian just simply because he wasn't Mandalorian by bloodline.
0: Yeah. Was yeah Um And then also, I I don't I did not like this part, how the Mandalorian basically just found a loophole to give the Darksaber back to Bo-Katan.
1: About it. And technically, I've watched a lot of stuff about this. And I've
0: also, you know,
1: thought about it a lot. Technically, yes. So technically, for a moment, as we talked about with James, I, I think, wasn't it James we talked about this episode with?
0: It probably was, I'm guessing.
1: And so technically for like a full, however many minutes in the Star Wars world, it was a cyborg robot creature was the ruler of Mandalore.
0: Oh, okay. Huh?
1: Yeah. So here's how it works. So like if you are defeated in combat while wielding the dark saber and the victor takes it, therefore the title passes. So, it's for, so it starts off, you know, with Pre uh, previsla it goes to um, Maul, he's yep. defeated by and Darcidius doesn't take it, so mm-hmm. it basically belongs to Maul all the way and then Sabine takes it which technically she really didn't defeat Maul or fight him but he dies anyway so then it technically becomes hers.
0: She finds it in the cave on Dothamir so yeah
1: and so then she hands it to um Bo-Katan which technically isn't correct Yeah, and then you know then, then Bo-Katan's basically she's not defeated but she basically surrenders to Muff Gideon and he gets it and then he's defeated by him, and then you yeah.
0: know. So yeah, that's interesting. So your point is that this had happened so many times before; it didn't quite matter as much as it would have seemed, sort of. Yeah, basically. Yeah. Okay. Well, I I kind of wish it hadn't played out that way because I wanted to see him and Bo-Katan fight it out, but it's okay. <laughs>
1: they. That.
0: Yeah, I know. I just want to know who would win, <laughs> and also. I- Yeah,
1: all the Bo Katan fans would be mad, and if the man and if Bo Katan won, all the Mandalorian fans would be mad.
0: So, oh, yeah, there would be a division. I I was okay. Another reason because of this that I'm disappointed is that now all my predictions are destroyed that he would rule Mandalore. Um, the fact that they made the show about him was that eventually he'd progressed to rule the Mandalorians, and I was wrong. Well, I
1: thought that that would happen too, but uh I guess not. I mean, it makes sense. He really isn't the man the ruler, the it ruler does. more of the kind of guy who goes and saves your town. He's yeah. more of, of a sheriff kind of person instead of a
0: ruler. ruler. Yeah. It does seem more like his position, yeah. And I can understand why they did it that way. Just not how they did it. <laughs> but um yeah. Very interesting.
1: The spies it was very interesting. I like buy mm. a cane again, of course.
0: Yes. And okay. Course- what happens to her? Cause we don't even find out in the end what happens to her or Pershing. Does Pershing die or like what? I don't yeah. know.
1: that might be a later episode. Maybe next season or, you know, next season,
0: when are they going to do another? Oh yeah. We could, it could be a Soka.
1: Yeah. There's one more season of Mandalorian. Oh really? They're doing mm-hmm. another one. Yep. And then it's the movie.
0: Oh, okay. Awesome. Okay. I did not read that part of the news. <laughs> um that's really cool though. Now I'm excited. Do you know when the next season might come out, like next year, or is there a date when it could?
1: Five, twenty twenty. I think it's twenty twenty five.
0: Okay, we can wait that long, just as long as we have shows like Ahsoka and stuff to keep us happy uh, uh, until uh, then. Acolyte. Oh yes, Acolyte. Are you gonna watch Acolyte? I'm not sure if I'm gonna watch Acolyte. Depends, probably. Okay. I'll start out watching it probably. Depends on the reviews. Um, might read some of those before I watch it. I don't know. Yeah. So anyway, yeah, Spies was very interesting. Yes. And I want to talk a little bit about the Praetorian Guards. Now, could you explain their relation to Red Guards? Because I, I can't remember. Are they? They're similar to Red Guards. Are they Red Guards? Or are they like following? I mean, not following. Do they come after the Red Guards? I'm trying to remember.
1: Okay, so I guess I probably should just really just in- say what they are. Mm-hmm. Okay, so Star Wars. They're in, they're inspired supposedly in Star Wars by a Praetorian Guard who is like from some planetary system, and the Emperor got the idea from there. Mm-hmm. Are the Red Guards? I'm not exactly sure. Are they related to them? But probably the best way to describe. What Praetorian guards are is in real life, they were guards that of in the Roman Empire, they were the elite guards that um protected the emperor in the Roman Empire. Mm-hmm. They were and then they grew to be a very large organization within the empire, very powerful, very prestigious position. They were the best of the best. Yeah points that they guarded like the senators the great the most high-profile prisoners like probably the apostle paul was guarded by the praetorian guard
0: and sorry you're also, licking this in with the bible are you talking more about the bible or about the
1: no no, no i'm talking about the the inspiration of where they oh, oh okay
0: from. i see so, so yeah praetorian guards were a real thing
1: yeah they're a real thing they were they're yeah. powerful they not look like that of course but they are really yeah. powerful
0: but Definitely. then their faces do look Roman-ish.
1: Yes, more than the look, red
0: guards. Yeah, yeah,
1: these ones look a lot like the um more like a Roman helmet. Yeah, but um, wait. <clears throat> all right, back to Star Wars. Yeah, right. that's
0: that's very right. interesting. Okay,
1: but yeah, I was just going to give you some information. Yeah, anyway. Yeah. So, um, so these guys, so the Emperor created the Royal Guard during the Clone Wars and thereafter. We don't know terribly much about them, but I think after the fall of the empire, they were what remained of the royal guard was reorganized into the Praetorian Guard, which okay. is guarded Snoke. And these are like a uh, transition between the Royal Guard and the ones that guarded Snoke.
0: Yeah. And you can already see how these Praetorian Guards are much more powerful than their predecessors of is it predecessors, the ones before the yeah. um, the Red Guards? They seem way more powerful, but in, in, in between stage, between Snoke's guards. Um, yeah. So. The Red
1: Guards, we just never saw them really fight.
0: I mean, yeah, we didn't saw yeah. fight. Because they took down a very injured Paz Vizla, Um, Like, he'd already been through a lot fighting. Okay, he fought these interesting Stormtrooper-esque figures. I want to talk those- about those guys. What are they called?
1: They were Mandalor. they were Beskar wearing Mandalorian uh Beskar wearing stormtroopers, sorry.
0: Okay. I heard that some of them might have been Mandalorians in the past. That turn- yeah. But yeah,
1: they're they're stormtroopers that were wearing uh yeah. Beskar. But so would- they had yeah. a flamethrower, they had a knife, and they carried uh they also had the uh the the wire in their gauntlet. Yes, yet- that's
0: that's just about right. They sort of served the same purpose, and I think they might be the same as sort of the Mandalorians that turned and worked with the Empire from Rebels in the later seasons.
1: Um but they weren't the Mandalorian super commandos.
0: Yeah, they weren't. The helmets were very different, but they served similar purposes. Yeah. Um thought that those thought those guys were very interesting. I actually would consider them probably top, I don't know, five of my favorite uh troopers. Of all the different types there, are. I think I really like their color scheme and design. Yeah, Very they
1: cool. were cool. Um, yeah. I definitely was interesting to see uh, the return of Muff Gideon's light cruiser, of course, it was destroyed by yeah. the TIE and tie interceptors, which is really cool to see how they launched those. Yeah. I mean, I, they hung the tie interceptor like upside down like a bat. The thing was like so cool.
0: Yeah. That is and awesome. Then,
1: um, it was also really cool to see uh, – what was that thing? Um, it was something else. Oh, Muff Gideon's clones.
0: Yes, Muff Gideon's clones. Okay, th- that guy was creepy when he opened his eye when they were tapping on his little case. Oh, man. Yeah, but just in theory, think of how powerful he could have been because that his idea he- behind that was the best of trying yeah. to capture himself with both Mandalorian powers – Jedi powers and what was the third one? Uh, just clones. Clones. Yeah, that was it. Just that whole idea. Oh, was it? No, it was a Sith. I think it was a Sith. I I don't know. But anyway, he was he was pulling together all these different powerful types of characters and people from Star Wars to make the most powerful clone of himself possible, which is just. I mean, like I feel like in in terms of the future for Star Wars, this could really be a very good thing for, I don't know, maybe the new movies coming out. I mean, like, I really, they gotta bring back the Sith, I feel like, in these new movies that are gonna come out, but I I feel like if they didn't, this would be almost a better way of doing it. Incorporating someone that isn't nearly on the same level, but has the potential to bring together this scientifically modified being that is even more powerful than all the rest. I don't know. Uh but sort I, of like Moff Gideon. Yeah.
1: Do it, But if you wanted to. But as we know, the research, what they mention in the council, uh, Brendel Huck's Project Necromancer is resurrecting Emperor Palpatine.
0: Mm-hmm. Yes, I did notice that. Yeah, that is really awesome. It, it, it paints out um, the mm-hmm. ideas that are to play out soon or mm-hmm. over the next, what is this? Twenty-five years until he really comes back into play. Um,
1: Twenty-one, I think. But yeah,
0: yeah. But yes, uh,
1: definitely, it was definitely interesting. But of course, you know, Muff Gideon was trying to make his own empire, and he was not interested in Thrawn at all.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah,
1: he that was it. an
0: interesting thing. But yes, um, I would. I wonder what he, it would be like if he confronted Thrawn if he hadn't died. Like, I feel like Thrawn, Thrawn would have um, punted him. <laughs> But,
1: uh, would have but um and RIP has Evysala.
0: Mm-hmm. Yes, definitely. I feel so sad for him. He was such a good guy. He was so he was so powerful, and it was interesting learning more about him in this new season, also with his son. Um but yeah, that was such a a spectacular and brilliantly played out scene of his death yeah. cuz we've seen this so many different times with heroic figures going out in such a strong way but this was that was This was of- very good. Very good. Yeah. Just how he destroyed with all his Mandalorian gear. First the stormtroopers with the Mandalorian armor but then how he was violently fighting the praetorian guards even though they bested him easily. Um yeah. very Hmm.
1: His gun melted.
0: Yes, and his gun melted. Yeah, I like how they came out with their weapons, and then he pulled up his little like electronic. Oh yeah. Um,
1: knife. He pulled out his his vibro.
0: His vibro knife, but then also he had his little shield on his arm that was like tiny. (laughs) It is helpful, but yeah. Um. So what's another thing we should talk about? There's probably a bit more to cover
1: final episode oh wait one more thing um uh ig12
0: ig12 yes 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 no 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 (laughs) (laughs) i love that that he got in that grogu got in his armor and could control him although it, it it's kind of weird but i think it's okay it makes grogu bigger in a sense yeah but yeah he
1: was uh he's basically was riding around in the carcass of his uh destroyed friend robot
0: yes yes he really needs a a mask or something to cover up his face there it's very exposed but, you know. <laughs> but
1: anyway, it's gone now and they rebuilt as a rebuilt ig-11 so he's now the marshal of navarro so mm-hmm, yeah the praetorian guards made quick work of uh
0: Yes. <laughs> so there was
1: how uh, Grogu was laughing and running around while they were trying to like, kill him. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, and Then
1: the Mandalorian came and saved him. And uh, Muff Gideon's Beskar uh, robot suit was really cool.
0: It really was, because you'd sort of seen like the chest plate before, I think, but you hadn't seen the helmet. And the helmet, it had the Darth Maul-like spikes, right? Sort of yeah. hearkening back to death watch and all of Darth Maul's organization back in the clone wars with the spikes or no, was it, was that just, uh, was that just, um Gar Saxon who had it or were there others?
1: There were others.
0: Okay. Because I know not everybody had them, but I thought that that was very cool.
1: Just watched those episodes yesterday. So yeah, there were others.
0: Oh, awesome. <laughs> um, so yeah, there, okay. There's gotta be something else. We have so many episodes. Uh,
1: uh-huh. Bo-Katan and um, Muff Gideon.
0: Mm, and yes. Their fight at the end was awesome.
1: <laughs> yes, it was a good fight. I mean, and then of course I did kind of worry there for a second about Grogu when he gets chased off by the Praetorian guards and, and Din Djin Djarin tries to go save him and like Muff Gideon is like taunting him and shooting him with rockets and knocking him over and not letting him yeah. go. <laughs> yeah. And then of um, course Darksaber got destroyed. So
0: yes, I know. Okay, that was another thing. The dark Saber got destroyed. What is going to happen now? That was how old is that thing? Was it like a thousand years old? Because it was it's very uh, old.
1: thousand. It was very old.
0: Yeah. So man, I feel like that's such a relic of Star Wars now destroyed. It's sad, but whatever. Well, there's lightsabers.
1: Knowing <laughs> that the Mandalorians needed to move on from, uh, yeah, to move from uh, their past which the B- Darksaber seemed to divide them instead of bringing them together most of the time so mm. they need to move on from that yeah. and it's possible that one day grew. I mean I don't know if 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 he could but it's possible he could rebuild the Darksaber
0: he could and that would be very interesting <laughs> yeah Um. so the Darksaber is destroyed and yeah very sad okay what else is there maybe uh, so we should wrap up soon
1: Christ and the mandalorian adopted
0: grogu yep and he adopted grogu so so good i love that okay i did love the end scene where she's up by the great Forge, bo-katan uh, uh, i thought that that was a very fitting way to end that scene of all the mandalorians together That was nice so, yeah. And
1: Grogu connected to the Mythosaurs, so maybe one day he'll ride it.
0: Mm, yes. Oh, oh, okay, I remember what I wanted to talk about. Yes. Telerin Beck. We have not mentioned him this whole time.
1: Who is he again?
0: He was the Jedi who saved Grogu. Oh, yes,
1: yes, yes, right, right. The X-S2 Order 66, we totally forgot about that because that was right yeah. at the beginning. Me too. Yes, Darn Beck. He was played by the guy who played Jar Jar Binks.
0: Yes, it was Ahmed Best. Yes, that was so and cool.
1: I'm also make this point: who saved? Who sent the Naboo ship to save Kallar and Beck? It couldn't mm-hmm. be Padme; she was in her room crying because she thought that all the Jedi died.
0: Yeah, it, it wouldn't be her, but it was a Naboo ship. So, Jar would Jar-, it have- Jar-, Jar-, Jar Binks.
1: It could have <sighs> been Jar Jar Binks. Could have been. I mean, think about it. He was also. Yeah. A- only senators really use those yachts, or mm. high-ranking Abu people. So he could have sent the ship to save. Oh my goodness, that universe. is
0: so interesting. But then, of course, the Jedi was was um, was him. So I mean, the same actor. Anyway, <laughs> but yeah, I thought that that was very awesome to finally get that scene That's... and figure out who it was. And it uh, was a really
1: cool chase scene with them and all the clones. Yes, and, you
0: know, yes, and cool. the gunships chasing them. Yep, yeah. And I feel like this could have been sort of like a redeeming point for Ahmed Best himself, since he's since his character had been previously seen as basically the most infamous character ever in Star Wars. Finally, he gets a good role, um, and I think that would be for him.
1: <laughs> I, I've heard, I've heard the guy got death threats for playing Jar Jar Binks in Star Wars. Oh
0: my goodness! A- after yeah. which movie? I don't know. Um, oh, that that is that's terrible. Why would you get death threats from that he's he's a comical character and of course he's not the best but yeah. that's Funny, way too far
1: didn't dislike him that much
0: yeah that's that's insane I mean, the guy
1: have like therapy over it
0: <laughs> yes oh and we need to talk about our special uh trip we took to um Europe 2023 this year we got to see that- all of the inside stuff this year um no we didn't (laughs) we read all the news (laughs) it would be so cool to go to one of those conventions someday but um
1: yeah they have uh, them here if they ever had them in atlanta which is possible i definitely go (laughs) yeah yeah
0: i would travel down and visit (laughs) maybe they'll have one in like new york and i'll go i don't know but yeah they did have their last one was in anaheim and that was in california right Mm
1: -hmm. that was the first yeah i
0: think so anyway, we got, we earned a lot of news on that, and we will talk more about that in future episodes. So anyway, um, is there anything else that we should cover? I'm feeling like we must be getting something. I don't know.
1: I can't think of anything off the top of my head. Oh, okay. yeah. the uh at the beginning of Guns for Hire, what did you think about that whole Mon
0: Calamari-Corin thing? Okay, yes. That... Was very weird. I mean, you can understand that circumstance if it was two humans, but it was very interesting seeing it going on with a Quarren, and a Mon Calamari. Um, I'm not sure what else I'd say about it. It was interesting. I would, did not thing, like it. <laughs> the other thing
1: was, um, the uh the Mon Calamari. He was the Mandalorian's bounty after Baby Yoda in season and episode three.
0: Oh, okay. That's very interesting. Yes. I think. Okay, I'll make a point. Mon Calamari and what's the other one again? Mm. Corin, yes. They're from the same planet, and so yeah. they're associated uh, normally. So, yeah. Uh, it was interesting. <laughs> what did you think about it?
1: It's just usually corn are always the bad guys, and Mon Calamari are always the good guys.
0: Mm. What did you think about the whole... I thought it was
1: interesting. I thought it was kind of neat, cool. Hmm. Okay. At first I was just kind of like, what? And then I was like, oh, okay.
0: <laughs> yeah. Okay. Also, the scene when Keller and Beck is flying away, seeing the Jedi Temple burning is uh, a pretty yeah. cool effect that they also did. Um, yeah. So I don't think we covered everything from the Mandalorian, I think, up until now. And With a new season maybe coming out soon or in 2025, like you said, or later. Uh, It may be a while to talk about that again. But is there anything else we should cover? Because I think we can wrap up up now.
1: I can't think of anything.
0: Okay. So we will be back next week sometime, maybe in the middle of the week. Do you think maybe you'd be available then, Philip? Like maybe around Wednesday, I don't know, or Friday?
1: Yeah. I could probably do uh definitely Tuesday. I don't know about Wednesday. We'll have to see. Okay, I, I might, could do Tuesday. I might, I might, I got, I got to see. I might have to. I might not be doing anything that Wednesday because I have to. I'll be off to uh do something for my with my car. I might have an errand to do. But uh, okay, anyway,
0: yeah. So maybe sometime in the middle of the week. so maybe sometime um, next weekend it may come out. So just. Get ready and don't worry; it will not be another forty-eight days before our next release. (laughs) And I will say ahead of time, we will have some returning guest speakers. Like we'll have Violet again, um, yes, to talk about the Bad Batch, uh, and which I loved. uh, Yeah, by the way, (laughs) so much. Very
1: sad that the next
0: season will be the last. But yes, yes, all good
1: things must come to an end.
0: (laughs) Um, and we'll also be having Connor pass my cousin on again to talk about all the star wars news uh, episode that we will probably do next week it might be another week after that we'll have to see but we will have a lot of exciting content to come out in the next few weeks so just stay with us and we will see you soon until then keep it cool guys bye
1: this is the way